Welcome to Building Healthy Relationships, the Four Habits podcast, helping you enjoy better harmony at home, thrive at work, and win at life. Here are your hosts, Dr. Andrea and John Taylor Cummings, recognized authorities on the subjects of improving work relationships and cultures, as well as couple and home relationships. Well, hello, and welcome back to yet another episode of Building Healthy Relationships with the Four Habits Podcast. It is so good to be back in the studio. And today we thought we would mix it up and do something actually quite different. Put ourselves in the guest seat for a Put change, ourselves right? in the guest seat and get somebody else to ask us questions. And the reason we've done that this time is because <clears throat> so many people have asked us this question, you know, how do you fix relationships? Now, we're not uh, here to be... Um, you know, fixes of everything, yeah. but there's certainly suggestions that we have. But we thought rather than us asking ourselves the question, we'd actually have, we put somebody in your shoes, uh, you, the audience, that is, put a great person in your shoes to ask us those questions and we see how we go. Yes. Shall we introduce him? Shall we introduce him? So who do we find to do that? <laughs> well, somebody who is brilliant <laughs> at asking questions. <laughs> Our very own director of corporate programs. And you'll see uh, why we've asked him to ask these questions on your behalf yeah. in, in just a moment, uh, because this guy loves relationships. He loves emotional intelligence. He's done a lot of work in that space. Great leadership. Great leadership. He had his own leadership <laughs> podcast, or he has his own leadership podcast, I think, going into season two on a day to be um, announced. So yeah. com coming soon, coming soon. So shout out to Dynamis. Yeah, <laughs> Dynamis EQ. And, and he also said, he's just shared with us that actually he has ambitions to be a TEDx speaker himself. So coming so. coming to a theater near you. Absolutely, watch the space. <laughs> so Tolu, welcome, welcome. And thank you for uh, doing this with us. We're looking forward to the conversation with you in the driving seat and us as guests on the podcast today. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. And yeah, I've just really been enjoying listening to the podcast for 20 plus episodes now. So yeah, firstly, congratulations on getting to 20. And here's to many, uh, thank, many more. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Favorite. Actually, we need, to tell, we need to tell the audience that uh, the other name oh, absolutely. for Tolu is the podfather, <laughs> because Tolu is the one who pushed us to say, get out there and start doing a podcast. And thanks to you. We're now uh, up to what's this one? 21. Uh, 22, or so, 22, 22. Yeah, yeah. 22 podcasts. So, if you're enjoying these podcasts, you have Tolu to thank. Yeah. If you're not enjoying them so much, well, hey. You <laughs> have Tolu to thank. <laughs> the the, the pimp father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, genuinely, thank you for getting us into this. It's, it's something we kind of, uh, not, I want to say, shied away from for, yeah. for a while because I guess I had a sense as to how much it would take to get it out there. But having done it, I think it's actually one of the better things that we've done. Yeah. Uh, just getting yeah. it out there and sharing little bite-sized clips, getting some really interesting people on, and hopefully mm. we can match up to the standards of some of the people we've of had our on guests. today. <laughs> oh, some really good guests. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but we thought we'd do something different today and have you ask the question. So yeah. call it over to you. Yeah. Well, you guys called it the guest seat, but I'm going to call it the hot seat. So it's about to get okay. hot. All right. <laughs> like that? So, before we get into... Yourself, yeah, get ready. Before we get into how to fix relationships. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys was about why fixing relationships, because you've chosen something that's quite, it's not the easiest, easiest of things. So why fixing relationships to begin with? Yeah, that's a great question. And I, I think we can answer it in two parts. One is with our story and mm -hmm. the other is, uh, I'll start with the second one and then John can, can share the story, but I think relationships underpin everything we do in life and we just take it for granted yeah. whether you're looking at families and how families thrive and people thrive as a result of family relationships 
Are you looking at organizations from the boardroom to the shop floor to the front desk? Everything that you do, decisions to be made, products mm. to be designed. Every com everything is an interaction. It's a conversation with somebody. And if that interaction goes well, then you can make better decisions and you can do a better job. If those interactions don't go well, that leads to dysfunction, poor performance, mental health and well-being challenges. You know, everything hinges on doing relationships well, but we've never paid it the attention that it absolutely deserves um but what got us started was our own experience yeah well even even before we come to that i was going to say the 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 stats are out there in all contexts yeah the the relationship breakdown is everywhere it's in the workplace it's in the home it's it, it's everywhere i mean literally one and two relationships generally don't make it long term that is <clears throat> a couple relationships a couple relationships yeah. don't make it and in the in the work in a workplace setting uh, there's so many organizations have done surveys you know the um cipd the chartered institute of personal uh, personnel and development or personnel development um, did a survey just showing that, you know, um, workplace conflict is is huge. And it takes, what, 20% of, of management time yeah. <laughs> dealing with that? One uh, day a week. One day a week just dealing with workplace conflict. This is big, big impact, which we don't need to have. And as you like to say, it's not fixing the conflict. It's just spending time talking about it. That is, that's whether 20%. Or not it, yeah, it, it, exactly. it gets resolved. Yeah, yeah. So the need for this stuff is vast. The need is just unquestionable. People need the skills. I mean, our experiences, we'll, we'll share in just a second. Our experience is we didn't know we needed it. We kind of thought and maybe self-arrogance. We, we thought we had we it. Thought we had sort it, of yeah. some, some training and you've been to business school, management theory, done some stuff there. Worked in the corporate Got some idea, world. head knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, we've been out there. We're big people. We, we've got on with people. We're, we're good. But actually, when we started facing challenges, we realized, actually, we don't have the skills to, to handle this stuff well. So for us, we think that the need is unquestionable for, for fixing relationships. People need to develop the skills. We're not taught this stuff at school. We're not taught this stuff anywhere, really, apart from if you're lucky and you have good role models or good, I don't know whether it's parents or somebody in the workplace or something, some, somewhere around you get lucky and somebody shows you how to do relationships well, great. But absent that, it's kind of the luck of the draw. And that's why kind of 50-50, <laughs> don't yeah. get there. Yeah. yeah. So, so the need is vast. Um, we have we have to learn to do it well. I mean, our, our our story is that we started working together in our second year of marriage, and very quickly the wheel started coming off because I knew how to do everything right, and Anna had some funny <laughs> here, ideas. Here we go again. <laughs> was a simple answer. We should have done a number of times now. But I mean, that kind of thinking where we all think, yeah, I've, I've got this. I know how to do things right. Come on, line up with me, and and then we're mm -hmm. fine is actually the source of so many problems, so many challenges. Yeah. Um, people don't recognize that we see things differently and we kind of want everybody to do things our way. Well, we, we assume our view of the world is the view of the world and we expect everybody to line up with it. And if they don't, they're the problem, not yeah. me. <laughs> so the need is vast. And I guess that's why we, we felt we had to step up and do something about this to share. A lot of the stuff that's really helped us in our relationship how can we share that with other people, with um, with couples, with leaders and teams, with kids in school, with with any and everybody? And we've we've over the time, over the last well, probably thirty years, we've been doing it now. Um, now arrived at the place where we have something that we think or we know makes a difference, and we think is easily digestible and accessible. And now what we're trying to do and work to do is package that into language that then resonates with different audiences so everybody can see yeah ah, oh, yeah you know what that could really help me in my space yeah i, I guess we, we realized when we came across material that helped us 
unlock the challenges we were having because it really threw us. You know, it was a frightening place to be. We had such an easygoing relationship before we started the business. And then suddenly we're in this 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 situation where our marriage our income our future everything was riding on us getting our act together and, and doing the working together well and we weren't mm-hmm. so when we looked around for stuff and we came across some of these principles that really helped us firstly understand where things were going wrong and figure out how to do things differently it completely changed our relationship and our approach to working together. And we figured if this was news to us with the backgrounds that we have, you know, corporate background in banking and consulting where we've come across models and we've done uh, MBAs, we understand theory, why was this new to us? So if it's new to us, who else is it new to? And we just became evangelistic really about sharing it with anybody who would listen that if it made such a difference to us, it could make a difference to a whole lot of people and that's where the passion started so long answer to a short question yeah, i know <laughs> you're gonna have to manage us better than this one because we, we, we could keep going <laughs> once, once they're gone they're gone so you you kind of joked around you know john that you know it, i was i was right andrew had it all wrong i think that often in relationships there is that dynamic where one person kind of thinks that it's on the other person you know well they need to change this and they need to change that how do you actually get people onto the same page because realistically it's going to take work from both sides like even if one person has more work to do than the other there's going to take cooperation both people making adjustments so how do you get people onto the same page in terms of moving forwards to fixing the relationship Great question. Great question. I think I'll, 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 I'll try and answer that really from our own experience or from my personal experience, because I was definitely in you that a problem, right? Of... As a problem. I was a problem. I, I was a problem in his mind. Okay. So it turns out I was the problem. <laughs> in my you mind, part of the problem. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. But yeah. in my mind, I was totally innocent. Problem was mm. all you. So mm. really the big challenge that we have is to get people to see what their part of the problem is. So I'm not suggesting that everybody is the, you know, everything. No, no, no. But I yeah. think if, we, if we're really honest with ourselves, there's a small part that we all have to play in any challenges we have in relationships. It's never 100% them, zero us. Mm-hmm. Even if it's 95, five, if you can we find out what that five is and fix that, yeah. you're onto something. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, the, the recognition was, I, I could always see my strengths. The recognition was seeing where I didn't have some strengths and seeing some weaknesses and seeing actually relative strengths in Andrea. Then I thought, oh, hang on, maybe there's something here. So mm. for me, it really was all about education and lifting, opening your eyes. Who was mm. it? Um, Einstein. We love the Einstein quote where he said, one of the things he's alleged to have said, I think he said this, is you can't fix a problem with the same level of thinking that got you there. You've got to be able to zoom out, get to a Mm. higher level, get some new education, new insights, and then look down on the situation. And that is what helps you to to, Mm. to fix things. So I think Mm. for for people out there, what we, what we, the journey we try and take people on is, is lifting their eyes just to give them some some education, give them some scenarios, give them some, Mm. something that helps them uh, change the way they think. Mm -hmm. And then they can say, Oh my goodness, you know what? I've always thought of it like this. But you know what? There's there's more to this than that. There's, there there are other ways of looking at this, and I think that is what helps people to then say, okay, there, there are other there are other ways to skin this cat. Let's look at it from a different light, 
maybe I did have some part to play in this. Start to take responsibility for that. And that usually is, you know, step by step, step by step forward. What, yeah, what was some of the things... exactly that. Oh, sorry, sorry Tolu. I was just, just going to ask you, what were some of the things that you actually had to change? Like, what was your 5%? Hmm. What was my 5%? What did I have to change? The, the, well, as I said, I'm recognizing that I didn't have the authority on everything and just my way wasn't the, the right way every time. So actually sometimes just thinking, you know what, I think this is the right way to do it, but actually I'm just going to zip it and listen. So being, being open-minded, I guess, to hearing other perspectives and actually being willing to at least hear them didn't mean I had to go along with them every time. But in the past, I might have said, actually, you know what? No, this I'm, I'm pretty convinced this is the right way to do this. Let's do that. For me, the, 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 one of the things I had to change was stopping doing that and saying, well, I think this is the right thing. Let me park it. I'll, I'll put it out there for a moment saying, I think this is the right way. But let me at least be open to hearing what you have to say. And then let's um, negotiate between us. Now, I think possibly why I didn't do that in the early days is when you look at personality types, which we could unpack at, a, at another time, Andrew's one of these people who is very gifted with, with the gab, shall we say, <laughs> very articulate and very convincing. So sometimes I think there was a fear in me of not wanting to put it out there, open it up for discussion, because I figured if I did that, I was going to lose every time. Wow. <laughs> but actually, there was, a, there was a maturity that I had to develop, which is actually, if I'm strong enough and convinced about this, I need to learn to articulate my position better, but I also need to learn to listen to what she has to say, then put them on the table together and then make a decision rather than just, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave your decision off the table. Just look at mine and think this is the right thing. Because actually, I, I got to the point of realizing that if I did that every time, A, I'd be upsetting Andrea, shall we say, putting it uh, for one, <laughs> putting it in another way. Andrea. <laughs> but I'd also be missing, missing yeah. opportunities because I actually came to the realization that I actually did have some blind spots. I wasn't Mr. Perfect as I thought I was. There were mm. some things that I couldn't see. Mm. And I think that recognition, again, from being able to zoom up and look down, recognizing mm. that actually I don't have, I'm not God, I don't have everything. I'm mm. missing some bits and pieces. I do have some blind spots, humble mm. myself, and then realize actually, you know what, I need to listen to other people more. So that's one of the practical things that I think. I, I think that's that point you made, oh, sorry, sorry, Andrea. I think the point no, you made. I was going to say that's such a powerful um, and practical experience of yeah. the change that, need, that, that, that many of us, all of us need to make because yeah. we're trapped in the narrative in our own heads and can't see another perspective yes. without genuinely learning to listen to hear how somebody else views the world mm -hmm. and see the strengths that they're bringing mm -hmm. and this is why you know in the relationship it's you but also the system that you create between you mm -hmm. which is mm -hmm. why you can turn up differently in one relationship and mm -hmm. people on the outside might experience you as a completely different person because it's not just you, it's it's you and me together and how we face off with each other yeah. that becomes the problem. So having yeah. information and having different a different way of thinking, you know, to change your behavior, you have to start with the mindset and the perspective, get a new perspective so you think differently and therefore you 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 feel differently and then you act differently to get different results. Absolutely. You, you, you've been wanting to ask. <laughs> I, I could have jumped in there, but I'm leaving yeah, it to yeah. you now. <laughs> I, I think there was something really important in what you guys said is that sometimes you will miss things in your relationship or you'll miss the perspective or you'll miss opportunities because you're just looking at one perspective. There's such power in both 
parties coming to the table. And I think sometimes we think of it as kind of a win-lose situation where like, okay, if Andrew's idea is the one that wins, I've lost. But really what we're looking yeah. at creating is win-win situations because we're one we're one in a partnership, you know? So if Andrew wins, John wins. And if John wins, Andrew wins. So it's, it's that letting go of some of that mindset of kind of win-lose or like a zero-sum game where like for you to win, I have to lose, you know? And that's, I think, a big fear that people go through even in the yeah. process of thinking, well, they're mostly the problem. And and that point that John raised, you know, that was a really powerful point and very vulnerable. Well done for sharing mm. it. You know, ego mm. and fear mm. gets in the way of doing relationships well. Agreed. Uh, we, we just really, it's fair at the end of the, you mm. know, will, will I be recognized? Will I be seen? Will I matter? Will I get my own way? All mm. those things just emerge as the fear that, that sabotage doing relationships well. And if we can mentally move ourselves from being on opposite side of the table yes. and sit at this on the same side of the table looking at the issue you'll mm. usually come up with a, a a better result but it means learning mm. to be vulnerable learning yeah. to listen well and we've discovered we have such opposite strengths that was the huge frustration in the beginning because we were each being critical of each other and trying to get the other to see the world our way not realizing that they were actually two different ways to see the world. And if we brought them together, we would always come up with a much better result. And that's bit, that's the journey that we started yeah. when we you know, came head to head in the first business we ran. And that's the journey we continue on. We've just learned to make space and to really trust and respect the strengths that the other person is bringing, make space to hear their perspective, make space to hear uh, you know, just their view of the world and their way of doing it. So that as we make space, we come up with a much bigger and a much better approach to how to, you know, when we're writing the book or when we're creating courses or mm. whatever we're doing, it's how do we make space for each other to shape it uh, in a, in a uh, positive way. I want to just way. pick up, if I may, just very quickly on that point you made there, uh, Tolu, about win-win. Um, it's, it's not just about one winning, one losing. It's about getting to a situation where both win. Yeah. And I think trust the word andrew mentioned the word trust i think you might have mentioned it earlier the word trust is what that all comes down to for me the big thing with the big realization was yes i may have some great ideas insisting on my great ideas is interesting but it doesn't necessarily give us the best result yeah what i needed what i've learned to do over time and this has come through you know rising and falling and you know winning and losing and going through lots and lots of situations but i've learned that actually by trusting the process of yeah. working through things, working through the challenges, yeah. working through the, yeah, I think this is a great idea, having my ego knocked by having some red pen all over it and changing things. And, you know, this is what we're talking about when we work together, but also when we, you know, doing things in a home setting, mm -hmm. going through that process, trusting the process that we will get a better result. If we both park our egos, we both talk about things, we both discuss, we both openly share, we mm -hmm. will get a better result. And it's just trusting mm -hmm. that. And I think people need to get to that point where they, trust each other to the point where they trust the outcome the outcome will be good if we yeah, can just work yeah. through these things yeah uh, so trust really sits at the core of a lot of these things here i i think what's really powerful about the four habits is that one person has to decide to trust to begin with right so you have to say look i'm going to come into this with trust what the four yeah. habits does is it enables both people to build that trust so for example one yeah. of the ones that i love is ask don't assume right because mm. in a trust environment me asking you questions and me trying to get more understanding that builds trust so much more than 100%. making assumptions yeah. 
talking from the assumptions, you know, so the four habits really help to build trust. They give you the behaviors that help you to enhance the trust that someone's gone out on a limb to give you. Absolutely. I was going to, I was going to be very naughty there. Cause what I, what I was going to say is you don't want to be talking, um, out of your assumptions. <laughs> 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 because that's what most of us do. A lot of us do. Yeah. We yeah. Talk those assumptions. That's the episode <laughs> title, I think. That's the episode title. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can just be the shorts being just. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. Just came to my mind. But, but, but maybe. Maybe that will deliver the message more to lots of people yeah. than anything else. I would say. And yeah. the thing is, we don't realize that we have these assumptions yes. because our assumption is this is the way the world is. Everybody yeah. else sees it this way. And those who, who behave as if they don't see it this way are just deliberately yeah. trying to frustrate yeah. me because <laughs> I'm at the center of that world and my yeah. way is how things are done. So I, I want to say two things on that. We're not pretending that emotionally your ego and your fears on the inside don't try to 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 sabotage it or you know on the inside you're screaming this is really frustrating i do yeah. not want to have this conversation i prefer things to be done my way wouldn't it be cleaner and yeah. easier and straight you know that's what you can emotionally feel yeah. but the head needs to kick in and say two things one is we're committed to each other in the relationship so that's the that's the boundary. That's the kind of safe space that we can we can metaphorically wrestle things mm. through, talk through ideas. And I am saying metaphorically because in no way are we talking about physical no. <laughs> uh, wrestling. That's not okay. Um, but we can we can hold uh, comfort or have comfort in the fact that the commitment is there. The relationship itself is not under threat. But we can go through this kind of frustrating sometimes challenging process of having to hear somebody else's perspective and figure out a way forward that makes space for both of us to be present where one isn't kind of overruled or shut down by the other and that's where pausing you know putting fear to to rest just trusting in each other trusting mm. in the commitment and trusting mm. in the process becomes important because I, we're, we're not saying in any way that it feels easy yeah. <laughs> or that emotionally you know feel frustrated sometimes just, on the inside maybe just one thing to add to that is how, how do you do that in practice because in the moment we all want we all want to win well i said we all want to win maybe it's just me a lot of us want to win in the moment it's like you know what uh, i don't i'm done done losing I, I, why, why do i need to lose yeah. But actually, um, I, I'm I'm a big totally. You know this from all the conversations we've had. I'm a big, I'm a future future thinker and planner. I like to yeah. begin with the end in mind. Where are we trying to get? What's the big yeah. picture here? What are we trying to achieve? And I think for me, a big, a big big thing that I did was actually think about the end result. What do I want at the end of this yeah. journey? At the end of this road, yeah. and that is uh, a happy life, great time with my with my wife, with my kids. You know, great people around me, etc. That's where I want to go at the end, and I, I've got to keep that front and center, and mm. that is what allows me to to put the 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 um, the selfishness in the moment back in its box. Because yeah, that analogy that can actually compromise my future. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I've got to remember actually, if that's what I really want. If that's the prize, that's the goal. Yeah. Then how is this situation helping me or stopping me from getting there? Yeah, and if I can. Oh put the monkey back in the box and put a lid on him for this one saying, actually swallow my yeah. pride for a little bit here. That might end up giving me what I want big time, you know, in, in the future. Uh, and for me, that really helps. 
Yeah. And that's what we tend to forget in the moment is what we really want and how much this person really matters. Because Mm. in the moment, it's all about me not realizing that what we do will have an impact on the future we create. I I think that's not something that we think about enough. So when we think about, and maybe it's worth you guys explaining, explaining the emotional bank account, but like every interaction is either going to be a deposit or withdrawal. Like there's nothing that is neutral. Do you see what I mean? Like it's either going to deposit into it or withdraw from it. So I think when we think about it on a case by case basis, like is this interaction going to deposit or withdraw? Is it going to be a positive or a negative towards my end goal? Like that totally shifts things. So it might be worth you guys talking a bit because emotional bank bank account is one of the really practical things that you guys talk about that really helps to fix relationships. So maybe it's worth you guys talking a bit about that. 100%. Yeah, I th- we can talk about it. Maybe you can expand on the emotional bank account and it might help for us to put that in terms of the structure or the structured process that we use to mm. help people develop the four habits in practical ways. So we talk about our structured process is a six step process called Ed Kappa, which is understanding emotions. And the model that we use there is the emotional bank account. And we'll come on to that. Um respecting differences or recognizing differences and respecting them. So that's the D managing conflict. That's the C Uh, unpacking assumptions that big, uh, you know, (laughs) big area of asking, not assuming Uh, clarifying priorities and communicating appreciation. So it's EDC, EDCAPA at Kappa. And it stands for uh, a different step in the process, uh, which we'll, we'll talk about. And um, I think, I think we'll need to come back and talk about that in a different uh, yeah, episode. I uh, think, I think yeah. there's, a, there's a lot we want to unpack in that. Yeah. We, we will definitely do that and talk people through that six step process. Uh, but the other high level point I want to make is the Ed Kapper is uh, each letter represents a step, but as an acronym, as a, as it also unpacks into meaning effectively developing cultural and personal accountability that's what it's about it's how do you become accountable yeah effectively developing cultural and personal accountability how do you become accountable for your own behaviors and how do you become accountable for the culture you create around you by the way that you behave that's what we're about changing behaviors from habits that are destroying relationships and creating toxic cultures to habits that strengthen relationships and create really he- healthy environments for people to thrive in whether it be in the home environment or the work environment and so the emotional bank account is step one uh understanding emotion so john you want to talk about that yeah happy to but even if we, before we jump to that the other thing we realize we're keeping everybody on tender with the ed copper i mean it, it also stands it's a thing out there which is about um, or kappa rather, mm-hmm. it's about corrective and preventative actions. Yeah. So it, it's it's yeah. a real thing. Um, and that, so what we're trying to do is help people beha- um, develop those behaviors. Mm-hmm. But to do that, you've got to get your mind in the right place. Like I said, yeah. you've, got, you've got to be able to zoom out and, and see things from a different perspective, use a different lens. And that's what Ed Kappa is all about, mm-hmm. helping people have different lenses to to address some of the the challenges they're going through yeah so each step each is, step a is a different lens, lens to look at life yeah. through yeah. But, but just very quickly on the emotional bank account and then we will have to to come back in another episode i think <laughs> to, to, to finish this off um 
but but the the emotional bank account for us was just such a oh, I think well for us it was such a powerful a light bulb yeah. moment for so many people we've shared it with it is just such a powerful tool because it's about helping you manage your relationship through the seasons of life yeah um we, we we spoke earlier about our I, I spoke earlier about having this uh, big vision as to what the future looks like and you know trying trying to make sure you get that well if you think about your future um and and the journey ahead of you i don't know the next 10 years 20 years whatever it happens to be and if you imagine going on that journey with your financial bank account in the red for 20 years <laughs> that's not going to be a pleasant journey yeah uh, you know, who would want that? Everybody wants to to have enough to be able to meet their needs and you know have a bit some of the comforts of life. Just to not stress, just not to not live stress. With stress. Well, yeah. the same thing applies in your relationships and your emotions. Who wants to go through the next ten, twenty years in angst? You know, not having it, not being in a good place with the people around you. Nobody wants that. But actually, you have control. You have power to do something about that because there is this emotional bank account you have with with the people around you. And the things you can do to manage that better. Mm. And like with your financial bank account, it's exactly the same principle. If you stop making withdrawals and actually start making deposits into that account somehow, somewhere the money comes from somewhere, so you stop spending it and you start putting money into it, mm. you're going to have a positive bank account. You're going to be in a better place. Do the same thing with your emotions. What you need to do is stop making withdrawals. Identify what some of the things are that you're doing that are draining that emotional, emotional bank account. Stop doing those things. Uh, and actually find out what are some of the things that I can be doing that will make deposits into that account. Stopping, stopping making the withdrawals on its own is interesting, but if you're already in overdraft, well, guess what? You're going to stay in overdraft. So you want to Just stop doing those things. Yet. Yes, absolutely. You need to do that. But you 100% need to learn what it is that makes deposits into that emotional bank account to get you back up into positive territory. Once you're in positive territory, life is much, much better. You're in a much better place. It doesn't mean you, you can... You can um, you can still make withdrawals that, that you know, take you, you know, dip down and, and so on and get you back to zero. But you, you need to learn to what those things are and stop doing them and actually or minimize them as much as possible and start making deposits to get your best chance of getting back up into positive territory and actually enjoying life. So actually, selfishly, it's something you can do that you can benefit from. What yeah. is it that I need to do to manage my emotional bank account better? And that's really the first step that we take people through in the, the Ed Kuppel model that Andrew shared. Understanding, just opening their eyes to understand the, the power of emotions. And then in practical terms, what do you need to do? And then the next five steps are all about, in practical terms, what do you need to do to stop making those withdrawals and start making those, those, those uh, uh, deposits? And it, it really is a powerful model for what we call managing the moment. You know, yeah. we can know, we can sense in the moment whether something's landed well or landed badly. Yeah. And the challenge is sometimes, often when we see things have landed badly, we're too afraid to have the conversation about why it landed badly and what we could do differently next time. Either too afraid or too arrogant. Sometimes we're thinking, well, you did wrong, so I need to tell you. You know, that telling off tone is never too far away. And that's something we really need to to watch and be careful of because nobody wants to be told off. And just remembering that the emotional bank account is a mental record that people unconsciously, subconsciously keep. Nobody intends to, but it's there. It's why we end up in the British culture, at least saying, I owe you one. Because you know, when somebody's done something for you mentally, you've registered that as such a good deed, wow. you would want to do something to repay. So the emotional bank account is there 
going on, tallying up subconsciously all the time. And you can manage the moment and you can sense the temperature in a relationship to know whether or not the emotional bank account is in positive territory or in overdraft. And another thing to remember is that if you're in a position of power, so let me back up for all of us, everything we say and do will either land well or land badly right, with the yeah. people around us. Everything, as mm -hmm. you were saying, there's no neutral ground. Mm -hmm. So just understanding this emotional bank account concept exists, empowers us to be more responsible mm -hmm. with what we say and do with the people around us, especially the people we love and care about. But if you are in a position of authority, like you're a leader or a parent, what you say and do lands with even more weight, with even more power because of your positional authority. All the more reason why as leaders, as managers, as parents, we need to grow up <laughs> in our emotional uh, intelligence, in our relational intelligence, so that we can be careful with what we're saying and doing and making sure it's landing in uh, as a deposit rather than a withdrawal. Even if you have to give correction or insight if you have the yeah. strength of the relationship there and enough balance in the emotional bank account where people can trust where you're coming from mm. you can say corrective things and mm. it still lands as a deposit rather mm. than a withdrawal so that's mm. the longer version i mean yeah. we could spend the whole day mm. talking about mm. this one model and this is one of six <laughs> I, I i honestly think this is one of the most important things and that's why i think it's a really good starting point for ed kappa because if you just think like people talk about who drains your energy, who gives you energy, you know, it's yeah. all the same thing, who fills your cup, who yeah. empties your cup. It's like, yeah. these are all the same ways of saying like, what is your emotional bank account balance with that person? Because yeah. like you said, when your balance is in negative in overdraft, there's no room for error. You know, like yeah. really small things can become really big things because now that's on top of every yeah. other negative thing that's happened so i just think that yeah this is one of the most important things in terms of people f like fixing relationships is understanding yeah. look, we've got this emotional bank account and the more that it grows you know the more happy that we are you know like people yeah. say like money doesn't buy you happiness but your emotional bank account being more and more full will, will always yeah. buy you happiness you know just, just one quick thing to jump in there Tolu. The, the the problem is if you once you dip into negative into um overdraft mm. things can quickly spiral so yeah. once, once you're an overdraft for example in your financial bank account now mm. ju just by the fact that you're down in that new you're in new territory now all sorts of things can start to happen you can mm. start to have um um bills start to come through that then bounce and yeah. then that starts to impact your credit <laughs> balance it, also, yeah. it can snowball yeah. very quickly so you, you think you're only in overdraft for a little bit and we'll be fine we'll come back out of it but just by the fact that you're in this new territory, all sorts of things can start to happen. You can start to behave badly. You yeah. respond badly. You then, you know, they 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 hit you with a um. Maybe I shouldn't use a physical analogy, but they say something that you think is a or they think is a small thing. It really would have been a small thing, but you respond badly. It they then they then don't yeah. like your response, yeah. and the whole thing it can spiral out of control very quickly. So I can't say it enough. It's just so, so important to keep your emotional bank account or to work to keep it in positive territory. Because yeah. once you get into negative territory, it's kind of out of your, the control is out of your hands. All sorts mm. of things. You can spiral out of control very quickly. So you've got to work to, to stay up there. 
And, you know, we could, that the, the concept is powerful for the one-on-one, uh, yeah. uh, whether in a couple relationship, family relationship or a workplace, really powerful to help people manage relationships well. It's also powerful to help us understand what's happening systemically or culturally or nationally in the world because if you think about things that have been done to drain emotional bank accounts uh the way black people for example have been treated that create this 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 starting position of feeling overdrawn Mm. in the emotional bank account you'll understand why Inclusion takes so much intentional effort because there is a, a, a negative position to recover from and create more understanding for that emotional bank account, that safe place of trust to be built. We could talk about this in terms of what's happening on the political scene, historical events that have happened that have drained mm-hmm. national emotional bank accounts so that people are angry and frustrated you know that just understanding this concept can Mm. help us start having better conversations and creating space to hear each other's heart understand the things that have hurt and understand what we need to do to recover Mm. and build trust again so i mean Mm. that's a whole other episode (laughs) on its own i have a i have a question that you know if you don't want to answer we can edit out later but do you think that you can choose to clear your emotional bank account and put it back to neutral right so let's say there's been lots of lots of you know withdrawals do you think you can choose that because that's just one thing i was wondering where like you know when you're talking about on the bigger scale you know like whether it's races mm. or genders or where there's been a lot of withdrawals like can you choose to to put it back to zero for some reason nelson mandela comes to mind Mm. And he chose to put it back to zero. Mm. And there is this space of choosing to forgive, to let Mm. go of the right Mm. to exact justice or revenge on the person or people who have wronged you in any way. And he held this space. Actually, what he did was he took control of his own heart and his own emotions because you can either become bitter or you can choose to become better. And he chose to become better. You know, that thing where they say, um, staying in unforgiveness and resentment is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. You know, it eats us up on the inside. So other people will have to take responsibility for their behavior, but you can take responsibility for your behavior and your decisions on how you're going to turn up next, despite what has been done to you. Mm. We can either let them change us to become less than who we are, or we can choose to separate ourselves from what was done and what has hurt or the drain from the emotional bank account Mm. and Mm. choose to turn up differently. And you know what? We do that with our kids very naturally they can be the most frustrating or irritating or turn up with attitude, especially when they get to teenagers. And we allow that to just Mm. either bounce off or even if it lands badly, say, you know what? They're going through stuff. I won't let that affect the level of warmth that I turn up with in our relationship. Mm. Of course, it's not easy. We have our own emotional reserve that we spend to try to put things back to zero and so we need to find our own ways of replenishing our emotional 
bank account. Mm. That's but a longer version. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I just to add to that, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Clearly, but do we have the power to um, clean our own computer, <laughs> refresh the machine? You know, control all, delete whatever it is. Absolutely, mm. we do. It's mm. not easy to do. But it does take a, a higher level of understanding. I keep going back to that to be able to do that. Uh, you've got to get to the point where you think, "Yeah, I know. I know that person hurt me, um, and I'm not excusing that." But is there something? You know, why might they have done that? Sort of question. Mm-hmm. Get get curious. Understand why did they do that? Um, and and as I say, maybe it could be that because their emotional bank account was in a negative yeah. place. Yeah. They then lashed out. They didn't mean it. You got badly hurt. You lashed back. They lashed mm. again. What, I'm not mm. talking about physics. Whatever it is, yeah. just something that's it spiraled out of control. And what there's a mindset that says, actually, you know what? We got to a place where things spiral out of control. Actually, they're not really a bad person. They might have behaved badly, but they're not really a bad person. And neither yeah. am I a bad person. Yeah. Maybe maybe there is opportunity for a fresh start if we can do that and actually figure out a way to not get back into emotional bank account deficit and actually treat each other well through challenging situations, then there's hope. And I think if you have that kind of mindset that there is hope, then you're more prepared to say, okay, you know what, I I will just scratch the, you know, scratch the card or cancel the debt or whatever it is and let's start again. But if you haven't got that, if you can't see that, then you're thinking to yourself, well, why would I do that? They're a bad person. They're only going to do the same thing again. We're in a bad place. We haven't got the skills to handle it. You know, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna forgive. And this I, is the. This is the. This is where I think faith, certainly for us, has made a huge difference because you can't give what you don't have. And if you don't have a way of refilling your own emotional bank account and getting or knowing that you are deeply known and deeply loved, then it's hard to manufacture enough emotional or energy, enough reserve to cancel bad stuff that that has happened to you and for us our faith or christian faith of saying we know that we are totally seen totally known and totally loved by god so really that that's what we want in our core and if you have the faith where you understand the reality of god's love for you that becomes the well that you draw from mm-hmm to be able to to pour out to the people around you. But if you don't have that massive reservoir, then we are always giving out of a place of deficit, a place of scarcity, and it comes out wrong. And I think there's there's such a mix of things in, in what you guys have said. I think forgiveness is not easy. Forgiveness yeah. costs you. It costs you to scratch the, the, yeah. the deficit. But forgiveness makes things easier. Like once you've forgiven, it's like you're holding a weight and you let it go. Like it's easier to move forward once you've forgiven. And Andrew, what you're saying about faith, it's like God forgave us of so much. Like like we, and once you understand this, like I, I should forgive you, you know, like I can give what I've been given and I can forgive. And it's just that thing of like, it is really hard it's not it's not easy and you get reminders sometimes daily of like this is what they did to me but the way that i see is that me forgiving makes my life easier so even if i'm just selfish yeah forget about the other person i want an easy life like i don't want to like carrying around all this nonsense so like even just selfishly like forgiveness makes my life easier yeah Yeah. lighter do that yeah yeah absolutely
Wow, yeah. so much more we could talk about, but uh, uh, it has to be the next episode. Well, exactly. I was going to ask: could we, could we, um, could we invite ourselves back on for another, 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 another round? <laughs> another time in the hot seat. Could you have us back, Tolu? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I'd love to. I'd love to. This has been like no, I, I always think, enjoy I, hearing I, you guys talk. So this is this is great for me. Well, as, you, as you've probably seen on our listeners have heard, we love we love to talk. <laughs> but I think I think there's one thing. Just in sharing. So I think we, we will come back and do another one of these and we'll probably just do it straight after this here, just roll into a round two, but we should yeah. wrap this one up because of the uh what are we because of the time. Forty forty five minutes coming up. Um we did want to just for, for anybody who has been listening into this uh this episode and is keen to do more, um we, we will unpack a, a little bit more about the Ed Carper steps in in the next episode, probably after this one. But if you in the meantime, if you did want to go deeper, I mean clearly in a 30 45 minute uh, episode we can only skim the surface of it if you did want to go deeper we do have some resources available that that can help you learn this in different contexts and we talk about learning the habits so the six steps that we talk about the ed Kappa steps take you through developing the habits in practical ways and different people learn in different ways so what we've done is package them using different language so we have one around um we call it the relationship success accelerator course for for um for couples so it's helping you improve your relationships in that space. We have Relationship Success Accelerator for Busy Professionals, which is about helping you uh, develop the habits and the skills in a work context. And there are a couple more that we're looking at developing. And maybe we'll talk about those in the, in the next in the episode. In the next one, yeah. um, But you can find all these things. We'll put the, the, the link in the show notes, but at learn.thefourhabits.com. Um, we'll put the link in the show notes for you there. But at least there, you, you'll have access to some of these tools to take you deeper to actually start developing the habits through a structured approach. Yeah. Taking personal responsibility for how we show up for the quality of conversations we have and for the results that yeah. we get in the relationships around us. But thank you, Tolu. Thank you for being such a great uh, question asker on behalf of our <laughs> a show host. A show host. A show host. Uh, couldn't have asked for better, I don't think. Thank you so much. Um, it's been great. Any, any, any parting words from you as our host? No, thank you very much. And fill those emotional bank accounts. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Wonderful. All right. Thank bye you bye. all and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed that episode. And if you did and you want to hear more, the best thing to do is subscribe. Then you'll never miss an episode. There's a new one every Friday. You can stay connected with us on social media at The Four Habits for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and to participate in discussions related to the show. We always love to hear from you. And of course, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your preferred platform to allow us to reach more listeners and help people around the globe radically transform the way they do relationships so they too can enjoy better harmony at home, thrive at work, and win at life.